Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Hello, welcome back. Um, it's so good for me to get a chance to spend some time with you this morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Yvette. And I'm the Compassion Pastor here at Vineyard. I think I just said pasty, but it actually was supposed to be pastor. But hey, let's start on a joyful note. Um, if you don't know me, um, it's lovely to meet you. And uh, my role here in the church is one of our senior leaders. And I also just really enjoy connecting with people, releasing people, and exploring how the life of Jesus can be released through each of us in our ordinary everyday. And for us to stay listening to Jesus. Um, I know that we're in strange times at the moment, but I just really reflected and thought as I came to speak to you this morning that I wanted to be real and honest and just myself with you this morning. And uh, so as you sit on your sofa or wherever you are this morning, uh, just feel relaxed to engage with what maybe Jesus wants to speak to us afresh this morning. Uh, I know that sometimes looking at a screen can be a bit tiring and you can easily switch off, but uh, just start this morning and I'll pray with us now as we posture our hearts to say to Jesus, what would you like to say to us afresh again? even though things look the same or maybe things change and uh, we're not too sure of them. So, Father, we just recognize who you are this morning. We just take a moment to stop in your presence. And as we've got a coffee and sat on the sofa, we just choose to be in your presence. We love your presence, Father. It brings us life refreshes us deeply and your love reminds us of who we are and who you are and that our connectivity to you is our life source and that we wouldn't have ourselves sit in any better place than at your feet and in your presence. So if anything happens in our time this morning, Father, we want to connect afresh to you, to honor you. And we thank you for your presence. Come and speak to us through your word as we unpack as friends uh, this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Before connecting with you, I was in our children's room, our little party room this morning, uh, kids team live. I haven't done that before and really, really enjoyed it. And I've decided this morning to share a very similar message that I shared with the children, with you. And I just feel it's a reminder of the Father, um, just centering us again on Him. I was thinking about our disconnectedness and how we don't get to see each other and how uh, some of us have maybe used other ways to communicate that we didn't before lockdown with email and with letters and maybe sending each other more gifts and parcels through the post. I was thinking about that this week and how we've connected with you over TV, but what are the other ways we can connect? And I've connected with some of you uh, by phone and by email and by sending each other things. Thank you to those of you who've connected with us uh, as well. When you um, email me or you send me a text or you uh, write me a letter or you send me a gift. 
It just brings joy to my heart to remember and to just be reminded again that we are connected to each other. And let's not forget the power of that. I think sometimes we think that each other knows that we're connected. Um, but just want to encourage each other to be more proactive in that, especially over the next few months. And how Christmas is a wonderful time for us to reconnect and remind each other of that again. And I was just reminded in my spirit this week of the simplicity of coming up to Christmas, that it was a moment when the Father sent Jesus into the world to remind people or to tell people afresh again of the love of the Father through the personhood of Jesus Christ. And I just felt that the Father wanted to encourage you to uh, refresh yourself again this morning, that Christmas is coming and the symbolism of that, God's Holy Spirit wants to come again in our church, in our community, and in us, and remind us that the personhood of Jesus can come afresh in our lives every day, can reawaken us at Christmas time to the love of the Father in our lives, and the reality of Jesus in our lives. So I just want to encourage us as a church family to be really open to that simple thing, that Jesus is still alive and active. He has not changed. And the life and the hope and the peace and the joy of Jesus is not a Christmas story. It's a reality for us in our everyday. And I just feel that for some of you this morning, the Father just wants to remind you of that. And to ask you to posture your hearts again as we come into December to receive him afresh again in your life. And as I spoke to the children this morning, I was reminded by the Father how I have teenagers and how when I look back, there are moments when I wish I had refreshed their lives with the stories and the life of Jesus more than I did. And I'm also grateful for how I did share Jesus with them because of what it has in their lives. If I can encourage you as families... Don't give up sharing Jesus in your home. Don't give up sharing Jesus with your friends, with your spouse, in your marriage, um, with people on the phone when you call them. Don't give up ending a phone call by saying, can I pray with you? Can we pray together? And invite Jesus more and more into your life in those small ways that keep us connected to him and keep us connected to each other. When I was in the uh, children's room this morning, we read a letter, and uh, we felt it was appropriate to read a letter together with the children. I'm going to read it to you and just unpack that a little bit more with you as adults this morning. But what we did with the children is we read the book of uh, Philemon. And Philemon is uh, a letter written by the Apostle Paul in the Bible, and uh, Interesting fact for you, but uh, more than half of the New Testament is written by Paul, and there are seven letters of Paul in the New Testament, and four of those letters he wrote in prison. And it just reminded me, um, and I really felt the Holy Spirit inspiring me as I was writing this, that some of the greatest work of the um, establishment and understanding and growth and life of the Church of Jesus Christ happened while Paul was in prison. 
And I felt the Father wanted to say to us, even though we feel like we're imprisoned at the moment, could this be a moment where the church finds its greatest life and that there is something fresh coming and happening that the Father wants to release? And if we simply look at the four walls of our prison and forget to listen and declare the life of Jesus in a new way within that, and even to take advantage of, um, I was going to use the term persecuted church, but the church being in lockdown, us placing walls around our lives in lockdown, I'm personally very challenged by that at the moment. I'll be honest with you, I'm struggling with that. But I'm saying to the Father, in this feeling of isolation, what are you doing? What would you do afresh again in the church? As a leadership here and as a church and as your church family, we are asking the Father, you knew this was going to happen, Jesus. You knew this was going to happen. What do you want to do? What do you see? What do you say? And how can we outwork this amongst us? And as we come into Christmas time and we actively do acts of compassion and giving, Father, teach us to posture our hearts, to not just do, but to say, what do you see, Father? What are you doing? In this letter that Paul wrote, it's actually the shortest letter that he wrote. He wrote lots of long letters. In every letter he wrote, he unpacks the truth of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross. And he unpacks that so that it reminds the church of who they are, what they're called to, and where they're going. And he teaches them. He's a very challenging man in his letters. And in this letter, he's even more challenging. It's probably one of his most punchiest letters because he doesn't speak directly of Jesus Christ and his death, but he speaks of people and the embodiment of us working out Christ within our lives. And I feel that Jesus is saying to us, I have a punchy letter for you to send you in lockdown, and I want you to outwork the life of Jesus within your lives. And listen to me, because I'm speaking, but I'm speaking in different ways. So let's read uh, the book uh, of Philemon. I say the book because it's quite short. So I'm just keeping my timer on here. Um, let's read this through. Um, if you turn in your Bible to the book of Philemon, it's near the back of the um, New Testament, and it's just before Hebrews. And the first opening line here is, uh, the title, A Slave Becomes a Christian. And verse 1 and 2 is just opening the letter, saying, from Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and from Timothy, and he names the other people within prison with him. And as we go to verse 4, it talks of Philemon's love and faith. And what Paul's doing here is he's opening his letter, and he's reminding Philemon, thanking him, praising him, and praising God. And he's connecting to Philemon personally here by reminding him of the goodness of God and reminding him of the goodness of Jesus within Philemon's life so that he brings it alive in, alive in Philemon again because he's going to give him a challenge. So let's read verse 4 in this uh, bringing alive in Philemon's life of love and faith again. Paul writes to Philemon in verse 4. 
I remember you in my prayers, and I always thank my God for you. I hear about the love that you have for all God's holy people and the faith that you have in the Lord Jesus. I pray that the faith you share will make you understand every blessing that we have in Christ. My brother, you have shown love to God's people. You have made them feel happy. And this has given me great joy and comfort. I've chosen to read that out of a children's Bible so that you can hear the rawness of those words. My brother, you have shown love to God's people and you have made them happy. And this has given me great joy and great comfort. And I'll stop there a moment to just uh, let you parents know, and even if you're not a parent, you might like to join in with this. In the children's room this morning, we encouraged our children to write letters of joy. And we've asked them to bring them here to the venue. There's a letter box at the big party door, and to post those letters through our door. And you might want to write a letter as an adult, or um, a picture that your kids write and write something on the back. We're going to give those letters out in our community over the next few weeks. We're connecting with so many people that just need to hear about the love, the peace, the hope, and the joy of Jesus. And we'd like to share that with them, and our children are going to lead the way for us to do that. You can post them to our venue here, or you can visit and put them through the letterbox and the big party room, and we're going to spread that love and joy throughout our community. A hundred of those letters are going to go so that everyone in a daycare center in Lisbon will get a letter of joy this year. And we're bunching those up, um, packing them safely, and sending them along with a gift so that each person gets to experience tangibly an expression of the love and that we as a church would express that in our community. In the rest of the book of Philemon, Paul gives... um, his brother Philemon, a bit of a challenge, and get asking him to engage with the life of Jesus. And this is what he says. There is something that you should do, and because of your love in Christ, I feel free to order you to do it, but because I love you, I'm asking you instead. I, Paul, am an old man now, and a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and I, I'm gonna ask you a favor. For my son, Onesimus. Now the background to this story was that Onesimus used to live with Philemon. And he stole some money from him and he ran away. And somehow he ended up in prison with Paul. So he ended up with uh, Philemon's mate, Paul, in prison. And Paul and Onesimus became like family through their time in prison together. And we join here in verse 10 again where Paul says, Onesimus became my son while I was in prison. And in the past, he was useless to you, because Onesimus was Philemon's slave. But now, he's become very useful for both you and me, and I'm sending him back to you. And with him, I'm sending my own heart. I wanted to keep him with me, because he's a great help to me while I was in prison, because of the good news of Jesus Christ. By helping me, he would be serving you. But I did not want to do anything without asking you first. Then any favor you do for me will be because you want to do it and not because I forced you to do it. Anesimus was separated from you for a short time. Maybe that happened so that you could have him back forever. 
Not to be a slave, though. But better than a slave, to be a loved brother. I love him very much. But you will love him even more. You will love him as a man and as a brother in the Lord Jesus. If you think of me as your friend and accept Onesimus back, welcome as you would welcome me. And if Onesimus has done anything wrong to you, charge that to me. And if he owes you anything, charge that to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay back anything Onesimus owes, and I will say nothing about what you owe me, for, your, for you owe me your own life. So, my brother Philemon, I ask that you do this for me in the Lord. Comfort my heart in Christ. I write this letter knowing that you will do what I ask you and even more. Also, please prepare a room for me, a room for me to stay in. And I hope that God will answer your prayers and I'll be able to come to you. Epaphras is a prisoner with me here in Jesus Christ and he sends his greetings to you. And also Mark and Aristarchus and Demas and Luke send greetings. They are workers together with me. And he finishes by saying, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. We don't have time to unpack the whole of that today. But just to encourage you, as we did, as I did read it, I saw so much of Jesus speaking there. Paul places himself personally in the place of Jesus Christ and asks Philemon to place any wrong on him that may be owed. And uh, it just reminded me of, again, simple message this morning. Jesus taking on any wrong for our sake and how in him doing that for us, we can demonstrate that to the people in our lives. And Paul challenged Philemon here to actively be like Jesus. And it was a huge challenge to Philemon to embody the gospel and the word and the personage of, of Jesus Christ. And he, he severely challenged him here in his whole status quo. He's asking him to take a slave back and to take him into his home as a family member and to give him a room and to count everything wrong. I'm just reminded as I was preparing this that Jesus wanted to remind us that, that he has done that for us and that he invites us to live a life where we learn to embody, to understand and to embrace and to live out and to, to challenge ourselves in the practice and the depth of that in our homes and um, being, um, uh, you know, and out of our comfort, I've forgotten the word, um, being um, challenged by that um, against maybe what we would comfortably want to do. And I just feel that Jesus is saying, come again to my saving grace, the story of Jesus in your own life, and ask Jesus afresh what he wants to challenge you to live out the life of Jesus in your life and in your home. And um, even though we are separated, we can still do that and maybe even more as a church. And what is Jesus teaching us at this time? As we come into compassion, 
as we come into Christmas. It would probably be a travesty for us to give all of these wonderful gifts that you have seen on our website, on our events page of Giving Into Christmas, to be able to place things in a bag, which is a wonderful gift and expression to our community. But it would be a travesty if we didn't also invite Jesus to remind us again what that truly means and why we are giving to our community. And I feel that the Father would encourage us again personally to reconnect in Jesus in such a way that when we give this Christmas into our community, when we give our time and our resources and our acts of compassion, that he would again afresh remind us of our salvation in Jesus Christ, the hope and the joy, the peace and the power and the love that he restored to us, that he revealed to us the first time we got to know Jesus. And how each gift that we give out is not putting some pajamas from a shop into a bag and some toiletries, but that person who gets that bag would encounter the personhood of Jesus Christ through that gift for themselves. And that as you assemble that bag, that you would pray personally for that person, that they would know the life and the love of Jesus for themselves. And I challenge you this morning to connect and to ask Jesus to reconnect afresh in your life. And that as you come into Christmas and give through our giving, that you would embody the person of Jesus in your giving through our opportunities to give, but also through your life and the people around you. And he always challenges us, um, you know, what is different? Somebody in your work might be collecting for the food bank. Anybody can collect for the food bank, but we, the church, need to bring the life and the power of Jesus into that. And what are we doing that's different? I'm going to finish by praying for us. Do connect into our events page this week. And I'm going to ask you to look at the four ways of giving and to prayerfully consider which one of those you would want to give. Um, I particularly want to draw you to the donation section. In that finance section, if you're able to give generously of your finances, you can pick a ticket and an amount. And if those amounts are smaller than what you want to give, just pick additional ticket and, and add as many of those as you want. That money is going to Food Bank, and we're going to give a collective expression of financial gift to the Food Bank to cover food poverty this year. But also, you can make a donation to our home support. Yesterday, we took some of the money that you've donated, and uh, Ken and Regina and Stephen and others in our Compassion team gathered around collectively and went to a home with a fridge, with a bed, with a microwave, with a toaster, and gave to a home in our community. We value you giving to home support so that as a church we can be generous in our community, that that person who received those things yesterday would know the life and the person of Jesus. So as we end our prayer, let's center, center that, that God sees each person that we're going to give to this year, and he sees you. And as you connect to him, may you connect others to the life of Jesus. Let's pray.
Jesus, I thank you for the stories that people have reminded of us of salvation this week. Many of us have been known you for many years. I just got some conversations with friends and said, how did you first connect with Jesus? And how that brought joy to my heart to hear what it felt like for them to first connect to Jesus. Jesus, remind ourselves of our first connection to you. We ask for your forgiveness that we have wandered away sometimes from our first love, from the beauty and the power and the preciousness of Jesus coming into our lives and us realizing the life that you bring. We are thank you for your salvation, Jesus. We're grateful. And may you remind us this Christmas, this coming month, these coming weeks, of the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. And Father, would you help us to connect through your word, through 321 in scripture, to you again. And I pray for those of us who are feeling dry and disconnected to Jesus. Jesus, would you come afresh into our lives and into our homes? Remind us of your love for us, your power, your provision, that you walk alongside us and you have everything that we need. We invite you afresh again into our lives, Lord Jesus. And as we partner with you, and as we challenge ourselves to practice that this month in a new and fresh way, and as we join in with generosity in our community this Christmas and do it with the life of the kingdom, not just practicalities, but inviting Jesus in and praying that the life of Jesus would come in and through our compassion work, in and through us pressing a button and giving finances. For those who give financially, Jesus, would you come into their finances? Would you speak afresh again? For those who go shopping and buy items, as they do, may you speak again into their lives of you, Jesus. And for each person that will receive something this Christmas, may the life and the love and the hope and the joy of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit come into each home and each person, in each family, in each room. And may many, many people come to know Jesus. May you bring salvation and release it in our community this Christmas because there is no better gift than the life and the presence of Jesus Christ. And we release the gift of salvation into our community. We release the gift of healing. God be in and empowering our HOTS team as they are available to pray healing for our city. No better gift this Christmas than the life and the healing of Jesus in and through every person. So we bless you in your home. We bless you as you give. We bless you as we receive afresh the life of Jesus. We love you. We're here for you. And it's been so good to spend some time with you this morning. Uh, as we go into worship now, let's take some time to reconnect to Jesus.
and to reconnect to praying for the life of Jesus to come into our community. Thank you.